Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in Chicago, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Friday, 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 March 25th, 2022. We made it to the weekend, guys. Congratulations. Ooh, all right. It's been quite a morning for me, and uh, we'll get all into that. But first, I want to say hi to everyone who's listening on the podcast today. Hopefully, you're having a good run out there and getting in some nice, relaxing miles before the weekend. I think a lot of people are getting ready for Boston. So today might be an easy day before one of your last few long runs or maybe last couple long runs of this training block. So get that rest in, get ready for that long run this weekend. I'm very glad that I don't have a long run this weekend. I got to tell you that. Uh, anyone that's listening to this or watching this later in the day on YouTube, but not live, welcome to you guys as well. Hopefully you've had a great day and now you are relaxing. Hopefully, I mean, if you're watching this on a Friday night, because today's Friday, if you're watching this on Friday night, awesome. Hopefully you're also maybe watching this on like a Saturday mid-morning because you got home Friday, maybe you had a nice dinner with family or friends or just a nice relaxing evening doing something else. Uh, so if you don't get to this right away, I think that's totally cool. And hopefully you're having a good morning. All right. I've got some afternoon coffee for myself. It's not as hot as I would like it to be. That's the only thing that is kind of bubbing me out about it. But still, it's afternoon coffee. It's pretty good. And, um, you know. I'm ready for the live stream. Hopefully you guys have something nice and tasty to drink today for your afternoon beverage. Let's see what we got. Um, James Ford is here in the chat. He says, can we get an amen for the thumbnail? Every time I see this, it makes me chuckle. The weather report, it's cold, but I must run. Yeah, I know. I just think that like the shot that the wide shot that the guy, the the camera guy got was really funny because the woman like wanted to um, stay far away from me for COVID reasons. Um, but it just kind of looks like I'm just like this is miserable, like dude just out there freezing cold, which I kind of <laughs> kind of was. Um, but it was a nice day that morning. But I think that's funny. I just think that the picture turned out really funny, so I'm very happy about it. Jeff Elliott is here. He gives us a happy face emoji. And Jonathan Crossley said, "What's going on, everyone? Did my take on a brick today? Easy AK on the concept too. That's a rower, I believe." And then we turn that into an AK run. So really enjoying mixing running with rowing as of late. I think I would like rowing. I think I would like that. You know, I remember in college, there were a couple of people on the crew team on my floor in my dorm. And uh, I would be like waking up to go to my early class. So I thought like I had an 8 a.m. Like my science lectures were always like 8 a.m. on Friday on the opposite end of campus. So I'd have to get up very early for college standards. And uh, I'd be getting up and these kids would be coming back from somewhere. Not only having coming back from somewhere after they had already showered, come back from somewhere and gotten all breakfast together. And I was like, Where, what, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we just, we had some breakfast after practice, practice today. I'm like, what practice is that? They're on the crew team and that's the only time they can get time on the water. It'd be like six o'clock in the morning. I don't even know where they went. Because it was St. Louis. Where do people row in St. Louis? Could you row in the park? I don't even know. I had no idea. It was just this mysterious world of people that were all very strange. Now when I think about it, I'm like, that sounds fantastic. Getting up super early, rowing on the water, getting breakfast after. It's like a dream come true now. And when Wilhelm says, happy Friday, CoFam. Gorgeous day here in Dallas. Hope everyone can get after it this weekend. Yeah, I have not yet... Um, run it by my wife, whether or not she thinks I can go for a run, like in doing a couple, maybe I'll do like a one mile loop in the neighborhood a couple of times, um, or like a mile South, a mile North, you know, so always staying within like a one mile kind of radius. I haven't run that by her yet. Um, uh, she's out of town this weekend. Um, I did run it by my daughters on the way to school. I was like, you guys gonna be okay if I leave you alone for like an hour and then we'll go get. Um, and then I told them we'd take, I'd take them to the arcade afterwards if they were good. And they were like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I, I we'll have to see. I have to check with my wife first. Um, all right. Let's see. Sean's here. Says, hi, everyone, with a big wave. He's got the last 20-miler on the Boston course tomorrow. And the taper begins. Say a prayer to the running gods that this grumpy Achilles doesn't burst into flames. All right. Just take it easy on the hills, I guess. But you're doing 20 miles on the course. You could do that. I mean, I'm guessing you could. I mean... I mean, the roads wouldn't be closed off, but 20 miles on the course. Now that's, that's quite the race simulator. I suppose I could do that for Chicago. Like I would have to put it like, I would just have to like make a GPS route, but like, I don't remember the route, you know, I wouldn't be able to memorize it. 
So I guess I would need to put it into my watch. I suppose that's something that a person could do. But I just feel like, at least in Chicago, to do that, there would be a lot of stopping at traffic lights. That'd be the only thing. I remember that one year I ran with Nike for the Chicago Marathon 2019. Um the coach, uh, coach Robin coaches a lot of runners at her, um, at her gym. It's not really a gym, but I'll just call it a gym. And, uh, with her run group on that Saturday, like on a Saturday, I think we did the last 10 miles of it, 15 miles of it. No, I think it was 10 miles. It wasn't 15. Cause we didn't start downtown. might've only been the last six miles. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was like six miles because we started at mile like, yeah, about 19 or so, I want to say. So, but I did really enjoy doing that. Like, I wish I could have done the last six at LA before I ran LA. That would have been really helpful just to know. Just to know how, like, how much further till the misery's over. But then again, I did the last 10K at CIM and then like two days, three days before CIM. And then um, the part where I really felt like, oh, when is this course going to be over? Like the part where I felt the most like uh, disoriented was within that last 6K. And I was like, I, I just ran this two days ago, but like why, or three days ago, why does it, why does nothing seem familiar? So every time the course feels unfamiliar to me and I'm tired, my brain, I think just starts, and I think that's an important thing to recognize, but my brain just really starts going crazy and it starts panicking. So I think that as much course like recon that a person can get, I think is really helpful. Mm. All right. Thomas says, good afternoon. It's a dreary day in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, sorry to hear that. But, you know, the way I like to think of it is there, I think there's still parts of the country that got really bad weather last night or has that all gone through? So I'm just lucky that like the weather's not just terrible, especially for everyone in here in Chicago and in the Midwest training for Boston. Like, I, I just want it to be, I mean, the spring can be so windy here. Uh, I just hope it's not that windy for your last couple of long runs. All right, let me, uh, let me scroll down a little bit further, try to catch up with you guys. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> Adam says about leaving my kids at home while I can go for a run tomorrow. So is it better to ask forgiveness and permission? I did that when I was, when I started walking the dog without them. I just leave them up here and I'd walk the dog real quick. Um, but yeah, my wife wasn't too upset about it. I think by, I think the reason why she wasn't that upset about it or surprised is I think the girls ratted me out on it. And so she knew when I like, you know, admitted it to her what I was doing. So I don't think she loved that, but I never really got in too much trouble for it because then I think she also like conceded that it, like it would just be like, it was only for like five minutes, 10 minutes. But um, I think for something like an hour, I think I need to run that by her. Frank says, the biggest issue with leaving the kids while you go out isn't something bad will happen to them while you're on the run, but rather you might get hit by a car and not come back. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other level of terror now. Hmm. Okay. So, well, okay, now we have to have a plan. If Daddy doesn't come back within like an hour and a half, how do you contact someone? I think they got everyone on their instant Facebook Messenger on their phone, on their iPad. So I think that they'll be okay. I think they'd be able to reach, aunt, you know, their aunts. It'd be a couple hours till someone came and get them. But that's a good point, Frank. Mm -hmm. All right. That's something to think about. I mean, I'm just going to be on the lakefront path. Very safe. But that's true. Now my mind's wandering. I got to think about that. All right. Um, Tony Messias says, if I had done recon on the last part of LA, he says, I don't know. You might not have wanted to know the last part of LA. Oh, yeah, that's possible. It might have been even more discouraging. I might have quit sooner because <laughs> I was like, oh, I know what's coming. 
let's see. Uh, Dennis Cheek says, excited to try my new Puma Nitro Elite, the green glare. Awesome. I keep forgetting. All right, I'm going to put my phone. I have to do something. I'll put my phone on top of the napkins over here. Weird spot for them. That'll be my reminder after we get done with the live stream day. My phone is in that weird spot because I got to order those Pumas. All right. Got to remember that. Mm. Emma says she got a 15K tomorrow, starting then starting half marathon training block on Monday for the Chicago 13.1 half marathon in June. Excited. I was thinking, I think that that race might fit into my calendar this year. I, like last year, I, don't, I think we were out of town or something. I had a family event that I had to go to. to oh, was like, was someone graduating from high school? Was there a high school graduate? Oh, yeah, my nephew graduated from high school last year. Maybe that's when that was. I was out of town for family stuff for the half. Or did they not have it last year? I'm trying to remember. What's This is a new race. Mm, or maybe it was because weren't they supposed to have it during the COVID? And then they did. I'm not sure. But I was just looking at that maybe last night, two nights ago, thinking that I might actually do that race. I'd like to um, take a crack at 125. Try to get that guaranteed New York good for age time. 125 feels both doable and too fast at the same time, which I think makes it a very exciting goal. You know? Hmm. All right. Oh, Lucas says, looks like Rabbit released a new color of the performance plaid. They certainly did. Oh, and it looks so good. Have you guys seen it? I'm I'm seriously debating whether or not to get it. I mean, I have the performance flannel, and I'm, I just never run in it, you know, and I can't imagine ever running in it. So it's like, do I need another shirt? I already have a yellow kind of like, it's a checkered shirt, but I have a yellow shirt kind of like that performance plaid. But I just feel like uh, in the event that I were to ever actually go camping, I feel like that would be an appropriate shirt to wear. Very useful shirt to have. I also feel like shirts like that are very beachy to me. I don't know. I don't live near a beach anymore. So it's like, yeah, maybe I'll, more maybe like lake life kind of ish, you know? Easy on, easy off. Not too hot to wear during the day. But, you know, whether you're lakeside or going into a restaurant, feel it'll be fine. Uh, I think I might just have to get get it because it's. I mean, it's probably sold out by now. It was announced like a couple of days ago, I think. All right, Philip Rudd said, "What's going on, everyone? Playing my first trail, 50k May 7th in the Peregrine 12. Is that a bad idea? It. it I think it'll depend on the terrain. If it's going to be a lot of hard pack, that Peregrine 12 might not be enough underfoot. It is not a super soft soled shoe. Um, I and I also feel like the the lugs are a little bit dense." So like if it's a lot of hard pack, then uh, that might be a little rough underfoot. I think it would be a rough underfoot for me. I would use the Peregrine 12 a lot like you would use the Zanol, the Hoka Zanol. You know, if it's like about like, you know, a 25K or like a, a trail half, that's like a good distance for it. But like much long. I mean, granted, I did run a 50K in the Zanol and I definitely like, I had the opportunity halfway through to switch shoes. I ran past it. And like about 10 minutes after I passed the aid station, I was like, I should have stopped to change shoes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say may maybe not, maybe not. But if you're like, if you're the kind of person that also can run like in the Kinvara and do like your long runs in the Kinvara and do all of daily training in the Kinvara, then I would say then the, the um, Peregrine 12 might be a really good option for you but i would probably prefer for a course that i was trying to run fast and it might be a little bit like muddy or squishy soft that's like a i feel like the ideal for me in my mind the, the peregrine that's like the ideal conditions for it or just anything that's going to be if it's just going to be a lot so slipper slipping around i just see like the grip on that's really good because those lugs just feel like soccer cleats they're like i think they're pretty dense duke bb is here says duke bb 22 says, yo, what's going on? Good to see you. Mm. Jeff Elliott says, I test drove a horribly expensive gravel bike and it was really nice. <laughs> Carbon everything, frame, handlebar, seat posts, and wheels. Really surprising how different it felt from my light duty mountain bike. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really sure 
what makes a gravel bike a gravel bike other than the wheels is there, there i mean presumably is a difference in geometry um but i just feel like isn't a gravel bike just a dirt bike that like the forks are wider so like you can put a fatter tire on i mean i don't know very much about bikes but like i also kind of feel like i can easily see why people buy them um because i just feel like there's a lot of places that would be fun to ride that you wouldn't want to take a road bike on like a you know like a dirt road gravel path you know but mountain bike might be overkill for it and i feel like the gravel bike makes for like a good tourer in that kind of terrain i would think i don't think i've ever been on a gravel bike but just seeing how people using them i'm like oh okay that makes sense but, but you know i so i vacillate obviously between oh that makes so much sense the imperfect in between between a mountain bike and a road bike and then another time I'm like, oh, this is a really great way that like a, an industry has created a new genre of a bike and thereby like creating instant demand. I just flip back and forth. Dad runner says the Speedgoat 5 for the 50K. Yeah, I just took a look at my Speedgoat 5s today and they do have like the softer material in that part in between the two sides of the shoe. So I'm really looking forward to when I could do some testing on that one. I think I'm really going to like it. And it's probably the right answer. I haven't done the Speedgoat 5 yet, but it's probably the right answer. Um, every every time I go to the trail, to, to the trails, not just, I mean, I've only been to so many trail races, but like every time I go to the trails, I always see a lot of speed goats out there. I think there's got to be a reason for that. Shannon's here, says, hi, Conco. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Shannon. Luis is here as well. Good to see you. Um, and it said, I ran a 50-miler in speed goats, and my feet were perfect. I feel like that's a pretty good endorsement there. But Philip said, I enjoyed the Peregrine 12s for two hours this week, and the grip is incredible. Maybe I'll pack my Triumphs too in case my feet are suffering. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, bring another pair of shoes. Never know. Better to have them and not use them than the other way around. And it says that as far as the gravel bikes go, they have a slacker geometry and may have wider bars. All right. I think my brother, one of my brothers-in-law has gravel bikes, maybe. It's unfortunate because, well, not unfortunate. The unfortunate thing for me is he's like five inches taller than me, so I can't ride any of his bikes. <laughs> <laughs> BB is drinking the gold berry body armor today. It does taste like grapes. <laughs> I I think it's just grape. When they say gold berry, I think it's just grape juice. You know, I um I did drink a lot of like the extra flavors last night. I don't know something about it. Like yesterday, I was just like uh, I uh, had a sudden burst of thirstiness. I think my body's still just kind of like being weird after the marathon a little bit, and so like the last couple of days. I have been basically falling asleep at the dinner table. Like I can't keep my eyes open while I'm eating. And then I feel like I need to take a nap after I eat dinner. And then after that, I'm like wide awake. So like my butt, like it's just, I, I think it's just still kind of working out the kinks. Um, yeah. But that being said, like I did have like, um, I ran again today and, um, so I'm going for my run and, I was thinking maybe I'll run eight, maybe I'll run 10, but probably shouldn't push it. Um, but I'm out there running and two miles in, I get a phone call from my wife and uh, she's like, Hey, you got to go to the school. They just called. My daughter had fallen down outside at recess and she can't walk. So I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. I'm on my way. So I turn around, I'm two miles out. So I got to run back here home, get the car keys. Cause if she can't walk, she can't walk home. So I got to get the car keys and then I run over to the car and then I drive up there. So it took me a little bit of time, but I tried to pick it up a little bit. I think I was two and a half miles out. Um, so I ran a little bit faster. That didn't feel quite as good 
as my recovery run yesterday. Um, but I'm, you know, I think things are recovering nicely. The only, the, the only thing that's like nagging is, you know, my muscles are still a little bit sore, normal stuff, but, um, my feet are just kind of still being feeling a little bit on the tender side. When I was running slower, it was fine. But when I picked up the pace, they started, they started to kind of like get a little bit annoyed. That was the only thing. So other, otherwise I think I'm, I'm recovering really nicely. Um, but then, so I get, get to the school and um, I find my daughter, she's sitting like in a chair and she's got her leg like sticking out straight. And I'm like, are you all right? She's like, I'm fine. I want to go back to school. And I'm like, what? Um, so like the t like the aide that's over there, she's um, telling me about what happened and how she's just been sitting here. And now she says she's fine. But earlier, like she wouldn't let anyone touch her and she couldn't said she couldn't walk. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, I have her walk around and she's like kind of favoring her knee a little bit. And I'm like, I'll just take you home. Why don't we just go home? Because you missed lunch, didn't you? She's like, yeah, I missed lunch. So you missed lunch. You're going to be hungry. You can go home. You can eat lunch. You can just relax on the couch. She's like, no, I want to go back to school. So I'm like, go, okay. So everyone's like, are you sure you're going to send her back? They don't, no one said no. So I was like, okay, go back to school then. She just wanted to go back. So I rushed up there and then just came back here. So that's what's going on. Weird. What's on Mick says, what's going on, Kyle? Hello from Hong Kong. Hello, how's it going? How are you? Well, it's got to be like early in the morning over there. Thanks for tuning in. Thomas Nguyen wants to know if I have any thoughts on the Brooks Catamount. I really liked the first one. I don't know. Are they updating it this year? I don't know if they're updating. I don't remember seeing an update to the Catamount or if it was just a new color. But I liked it. It is a little bit firmer of a shoe. So like it, in the interest of putting a, like um, more of a trail outsole into it and putting it into a trail package, that DNA flash midsole isn't quite as interesting in the catamount as it is when it's on the um, Hyperion Tempo. That being said, I feel like the fit is really good for a trail shoe. You could be in it for a really long time and still very comfortable. Um, I like the material that they used for it. Uh, felt like it breathed well, but also like, you know, took care of moisture properly. And it felt a little bit just stiff underfoot. Like the lugs weren't deep, but they were stiff. So it was kind of, I guess like not, I mean, it gave good traction, but I wouldn't know. I, I Like the midsole for me feels like it's designed for muddier terrain, softer terrain. But then the, the, the lug pattern and the density of the outsole didn't quite match up with that, I felt like. So it was a little bit confusing in some aspects, but I felt like it was uh, a good trail shoe for, I felt like light to maybe moderate trails uh, at anything from easy to race pace. You know, so it was, it was a pretty good shoe. I enjoyed running. I ran it in a lot of snow, if I recall correctly. It was like my, like my it was, I treated it like a snowshoe almost. So I had a lot of fun with it. Just a little bit on the firm side. Rainrunner says, the Nimbus 24 arrived. It seems comfy. Haven't run in, the net, run in them yet. Still unsure. It says, I miss the old Hoka Clifton style. Looking for a soft daily trainer, basically. I think the Nimbus 24 is a pretty good soft daily trainer. Um, I've been seeing, you know what's been weird? I've been seeing like a lot lately people with very worn down Clifton 7s. Like, you know, like when the Clifton, when the Clifton, come, like when you first get a new, like the Clifton or even the Rincon, like the outsole is very like jagged. There's lots of like crevices, even though there's not a lot of rubber and so it's exposed foam. And it's almost like they use the, they shape the foam to be like lugs. So it's like almost like a meta lug pattern. There's lugs in the rubber and then like the shaping of the foam is almost like lugs too. But I've been seeing a lot of people with where they've run in it so much that it's just flat on the bottom or it looks pretty flat on the bottom. And it's just making me think a lot about the Clifton a lot lately. And now that's even the new Clifton's not that, that's not that old Hoka Clifton style, but it's, um, yeah, I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot about the Clifton lately, by the way, 
Speaking of Hoka and old Hoka, um, I started listening to How to Run Like a Pro, Even If You're Slow. Matt Fitzgerald and uh, Ben Rosario wrote, wrote that book together. And I'm listening to it for the first, you know, I just started listening to it on my run today. And two things are really notable right off the bat. One, both of the authors go on podcasts and get interviewed all the time. So like, it's not like they're afraid of talking. Um, yet, neither of them narrate the audiobook, which I feel like is a missed opportunity there. I really feel like they should have narrated the audiobook. I think about that for basically every Matt Fitzgerald book that I read because I only listen to them. I'm like, why, why isn't he reading this to me? Why is some other dude reading this to me? Um, and the, the second thing is that um, the, the audiobook reader, when they're reading like, you know, Coach Ben Rosario's uh, like credentials, he goes, I'm, because like, I think they both wrote the book I think they must have written the book and edited it before the Hoka name change. So the book says, like, I'm Coach Ben Rosario. I coach the NAZ program affiliated with Hoka 1-1. And it says Hoka 1-1, the narrative, like the book reader does. So I just wanted to be like, uh, one, one. I wanted to like correct the voice that was coming into the earbuds. So, yeah. That's what's going on. Um, all right. Yeah, Jeff Lee says, the new Fitz book? Yeah, yeah. How to run like a pro, even if you're slow. Um, the Even if you're slow is in like parentheses. And so uh, I was, it was a book that was already on my like audible.com wish list. And then um, I'd seen that it come out and I was like, oh, I should probably go buy that. And I kept forgetting, kind of like the Puma shoes. But um then I was listening to the uh, Rambling Runner podcast, and he interviewed Ben Rosario, who comes across very well audio-wise. He has a really good microphone that he uses when he gets interviewed. Uh, he could have totally narrated the book. Um, but, yeah, so then they were talking about it too. And the way that this book is set up, so it's almost kind of like a, a companion text to the book that Matt Fitzgerald wrote when he was like living and training with the um, NAZ elite team. I think it was what for the 2017 Chicago marathon when he lived with them for like a couple months, he like, he and his wife moved out to, to Flagstaff. And so it's kind of like telling you the story of what happened when he lived and trained like a pro. And then now it's kind of like a deep dive into the mechanics of running and training like a pro. And it's more than just like the nuts and bolts of that training program, but that's kind of like a lot of the anecdotes are kind of like built around that. Um, so like the way they discussed it uh, on the Rambling Runner podcast, it was like the book was like the proof of concept. We took a normal guy. I mean, and I think calling Matt Fitzgerald a normal runner, quote unquote, is, is very, it's a bit of a stretch because he's an exceptional runner. Um, but they had him train like a pro and it worked because at 46, he had an all-time PR. So, you know, so now it's kind of like going back and filling in, you know, some of the mechanics of all that. So that was, I thought that was pretty cool. So, so far I'm really enjoying it. Um, Shannon says, when I hear that tender feet, five days post marathon, I tend to think that running won't help with that. That's true. You know, I was going to ride bike all week this week. But it's just a little bit cold for me, you know. Like I'm, I feel like I'm pretty tough when it comes to running in the cold. Um, but when it comes to like riding the bike in the cold, I'm just like, I, uh, I don't. Want... It's either been wet or it was too cold for me to to ride the bike. Now today was 40 degrees. That's probably like near my cutoff. I probably could have rode the bike today. But I'm, you know, glad that I didn't. Who knows how far? I mean, I guess I would have been the same amount of time away from home when I got the phone call to pick up my daughter from school. But yeah, I mean, I think I'd like to get on the bike a little bit more, but that probably won't happen until next week. Because, you know, like Frank was saying, I think uh, the risk is that if I do leave my kids home alone, that I won't, that, that something could happen to me while I'm out on the run. I think there's a higher probability of something happening to me if I'm on the bike. So, yeah. Mm, 
runtime. He says, "Happy Friday, Co. With Hoka, do you think there's a new, they have a new foam in the works? I want to like Hoka, but I just can't buy into their current foam. I mean, they do, yeah. So like the Profly, is it Profly Plus? I think is supposed to be a uh, super critical foam. That's my understanding. I have to double check on that. So, uh, and I think that's what's in the um, Carbon X3. It has. It's definitely not just regular compression molded EVA." So that is something that they're certainly working on. That being said, like, I mean, it's like what people have been saying about boost. It's what people say about the compression mold, the EVA that like, you know, it's 2022 people, they need to update. I'm like, I don't know. I ran in the Rincon yesterday. I still really like the Rincon. Um, I, I don't have a pair of Clifton's right now. And I wish I did, cause that'd be really great to run in right now. Um, so, I mean, I think that compression mold EVA still has its place. Same thing with Boost. People were like, Boost is dead. And then Adidas was like, oh yeah, fine. Have this Boston 10, no Boost. And we're like, oh, we missed the Boston 9. So, you know, be careful what you wish for sometimes. And even to an extent, I think with the Vomero 16, you know, with the Vomero 14 was, I think the first running shoe, like, I mean, there was the React, Epic React and stuff, but like in terms of introducing React foam into its more standard lineup, Vomero got it first. And then it was good. React foam and the Zoom Air Pocket. And then um, then we got the Pegasus with React. And I was like, this is different Pegasus-y, but not Pegasus-y at the same time. And then uh, Vomero 16 went back to like a Cushlon type foam an EVA. And I'm like, this is nice. This is what I like. So I don't know. I think there's, there's, there's room for it, but I do think like, especially in their higher end shoes, they, uh, there needs to be a little bit more innovation down the pipeline. I hope that's what's coming. Stevie 76 says, Co wants that audiobook reader gig. I, I mean, that'd be a dream right like if i was if i was reading the matt like the matt fitzgerald book or coach ben rosario book that that'd be amazing i don't think i would get hired for that but you know what i did turn it down an offer just over the weekend it wasn't an audiobook reading gig it was a um to do like voiceover testimonials for like i think just for like apps and stuff and so, like, they were like, uh, I don't know how they found me, but they were like, we want you to do, the pay is 50, 5 to $50 per reading. And I would basically, like, read someone's review or read, like, ad copy of, like, you know, here's why this app is awesome. I love this game. I started downloading it and can't, you know, I've downloaded it and haven't been able to stop playing it. So I think it would be stuff like that. So I'm like... That'd be weird because if people recognize the voice, then it'd be like, why is Ko reviewing this zombies game? But we don't see him ever playing it or talking about it. So I was like, that would be confusing. It could be potentially confusing. So, yeah. Jeff Elliott says, I just put a hold on the book because on the um, how to run like a pro. I really like the book where you train like a pro. That was a really good book. I really enjoyed that book quite a bit. Um, and um, so far, I'm really enjoying um, this audiobook for the next one, too. Now, I didn't finish re listening to the podcast, but Matt kept referring to it as a trilogy. What's the third book going to be? I don't know. Did anyone else read that or hear that? Mm. Stephen Lung has a Metaspeed Sky question. He says... I constantly retie my metaspeeds before a race because I feel pressure where the knot is, but I don't feel anything during the race. Have you experienced the same or even use elastic laces? I have not experienced the same thing, um, but it might be either just nerves, you know, kind of like I always feel like I have to pee before a race, even though I might be coming out of the porta potty and I'll be like, I should probably just get back in line. That's how I, I've, and I've done that before. I just feel like I got to keep, I just constantly feel like I got to go. Um, so it might be something that your just body is just imagining, or it might be like the pressure of like when you're standing versus when you're running, your foot sits in the shoe a little bit differently. So that maybe that's what it is. 
Um, but I would say if it's not bothering you during the race, I'd say, don't worry about it. Don't mess with it. I've used the elastic laces. I use like the quick tie ones. I put them on my carbon X twos. Um, so that way when I, cause I wanted to use those for my triathlon and that way when I put them on, then I could just cinch them tight real quick. And then what do they call them? Speed laces. And then, and then I'd be off. So I wouldn't have to worry about like on loosening them up or like getting them in my foot and then tightening them down and then tying them. I wouldn't have to worry about that. Um, and they were fine. They work great for me. Like I know some people like really are particular about how the shoe is laced down. I think I'm lucky in that, like once the shoe's kind of on me, I'm good. Um, I don't have too many problems with fit. Um, and so, uh, I didn't notice like hardly any difference at all. They were just more convenient. I think that I don't love the look of them. I think if they looked better, I would put them on my other shoes. But like for the most part, you know, whatever laces the shoe comes with is what I leave them in. Mm, talking about shoe wear. And it says, my torrent twos are quite worn at the front of the sole. I have hardly wear anywhere further back. Maybe my running form is better than I thought. Yeah, there you go. Um, the other thing that it could be, I think Shannon told me this one time, cause I was, I had this, I had a, a wear pattern way at the tippy toes of my ultra Escalantes. And I was like, Oh, am I pushing off from the toes that much that I'm getting wear there? And I think it was Shannon that said like, I think you're kicking with your feet when you hit the ground. And so it's like digging a little bit instead of like, um, like glancing, gliding on top of the road. I was like, kind of like shuffling and kind of like digging in with each strut and then digging and then pushing off. And I think, well, oh, that, that could be it. I did a lot of shuffling because I wore that shoe when I was out in Guttenberg in the hills out there. And so I was like, oh, that's probably true. That's probably what happened. But at least you're not scraping up like a weird port. Like I feel like every time I like have to look at my shoes at 100 miles and there's a lot of wear on the backside on the outside of the heels, I'm like, oh, that's just me being sloppy. Proof, visual proof that I'm a sloppy runner. But if you're not seeing that much, that's good. Mm. Yeah, Luis says about the weather. I should have stayed on the west side. We're at 80 degrees. I, I know that this is supposed to be hot for you guys. I remember seeing in the weather forecast. Um, I don't I don't really want that either. Not right now, not in March. So like I'm not sure what's worse. 80 degrees in March or 40 degrees in March. 40 degrees in March is way worse, right? That's got to be. <laughs> Stephen Lung says, I just got the stride. Was it hard for you to maintain effort during LA? Just constantly checking your watch. Probably look at my watch more than ever now during my runs. Um, during LA, it wasn't that hard to maintain constant effort um, because I feel like I have a pretty good sense of what constant effort is. And what constant effort is going up a hill is also something that takes some time to get used to. Maintaining a constant power number going up a hill, and I suppose depending on how good your form is and what your other like kind of strengths are, it might change. But for me, like when I feel like I'm maintaining a constant effort going up a hill, I'm actually working a lot harder according to my power numbers and my heart rate. So to maintain that constant power number, and especially to maintain the constant constant heart rate, I just throw that out the window. It's really hard to do um, for going uphill in a race. But constant power, I really have to feel like I have to back off to be able to do that. And that takes a lot of time to kind of like um, figure out. I'm still working on like mastering that. I just don't have a lot of hills to practice with around here. Um, but I don't look at my watch kind of like incessantly um, because all through the workouts, I've gotten like very good at kind of feeling what things should feel like. And so I don't really look at the watch that often anymore. Um, I only use it like kind of like um, as like, oh, it got windy. Like, am I running too hard or too easy? I'm going up a hill. Is it too hard to do that? So it's kind of a lot like that. And a lot of, but frankly, most of the time I'm doing it is like, oh, I'm tired. Is this interval over yet? And so then I check the watch then. So that's kind of like when I look at the watch the most, but it takes time. But if it's new, you know, it's like in a, it's going to be a long time for not a long time, but it'll take a while for you guys, for you to get like used to, um, all right, what does my like threshold pace feel like, or my, th my critical power number feel like, you know, that's normal. 
see. What else we got here? And Frank says about Hoka, they definitely need something different in the X shoes. Yeah, I feel like for like all the shoes that are the X should I think have a different foam. Um, was it Ultra Trail Steven that I just saw review the Rocket X? And I'm like, that shoe really should have something more than compression. That's where I'm like, compression mold EVA. I'm not sure that's the move. Um, I just did the B-roll shooting for the Tecton X last night or two nights ago, was it? Um, and that has, uh, I think that's a Pro, I don't know if that's Profly Plus or just Profly midsole in it. So, I mean, that's, I mean, it's at least it's not just compression molded EVA. It's a couple of things in there. Although I think for the Mach 4, it's just two different kinds of compression molded EVA. And then the outsole layer is kind of like rubberized or has something else in it to make it more durable. So I think at least it has to be ProFly or like the stuff that's in the Carbon X3, which I think that's what's going to be in the next Mach. I think that's what's part of the profile system in the mock supersonic so they're they're moving in that way i haven't seen anything about the rocket x update hopefully that has, gets some of that little springier foam then i think that'll make a big difference i just think that they need to change the shape i wish that they would change the shape of the carbon in their shoe because they're using a millimeter carbon so that's plenty thick enough i just don't think that it's like placed well or is there something about it that needs to change and i'm wondering I've always wondered this from the beginning. Um, like, what? I wonder if there are patent implications for if you want to try and shape the carbon a certain way, and maybe that's why, like, Hoka's always feel that way, and like the New Balance shoes always feel different. Yeah, I don't know. Eric says, "What's going on, Eric?" He says, "I went on a spending spree today with Path and Rabbit shorts." Hmm. I um I definitely well you guys saw I spent a lot of time with Flores this weekend, so this weekend, and I definitely asked him I was like Flores, you guys do such a good job with pockets, can you guys please make a half tight? And he's like you want you want a half tight? I'm like who doesn't want a half tight? Make a half tight. He's like I don't know. Uh, he had he had a really good answer, as to why uh, they don't have a half tight and why shorts are a lot easier to do. But I was like. But if you can nail a good half tight, I can help you sell that one for sure. <laughs> but then today, I got an email. I got like the mass email from from Pat, and they were like, "Never wear tight shorts again." And they were talking about like all their shorts and how like, and they showed lots of people like lifting weights, people with like huge giant thighs, like lifting weights and doing exercise and stuff in them, and like. They were like, this is why you don't want tight shorts, because you have giant thighs. And I'm like, I don't look anything like those guys. <laughs> All right, what's on like says, great run at the LA Marathon. Sorry, Tokyo didn't work out, but can always check out the Seoul Marathon around the same time of year. You know, my dad ran the Seoul Marathon years ago, and he asked me if I wanted to run it with him. And I was like, I'm good. And that is something that I r really regret that I never did. Um, yeah, so I um, I wish I had run that one. But he did mention to me, you know, I saw him recently and he was like, hey, so you're going to go to Tokyo next year? And I was like, I hope so. That's the plan. And he's like, you know, time zone's really different over there. I'm like, I know. I'm like, and you know that too, for sure. Um, he's like, you know what I hear is a lot of, athletes when they go over to try and run in tokyo it's very expensive to be in tokyo so a lot of times they'll spend time in korea for like a week get used to the time zone and get acclimated to the climate and then go to tokyo like a couple of days before and i was like oh that makes sense and he goes you should do the same thing next year so like he's like if you go to tokyo let's go to korea first and i was like are you going to come with me because i don't want to go by myself he's like i think yeah i'll go so we'll see if i can get my parents to go um, so I think that'll be fun. I haven't been to Korea since like 1992. So it's been like 30 years, I think. Mm. Will has a question, says, Will Willing says, if you increase running time by slowing down, is that equivalent to running more mileage? Um, I don't think that it's necessarily the same thing. 
but um, I would say that it is more time on feet and I would not like say like, oh, this training cycle, I'm only running like 40 miles a week when last time I ran 50. So I must therefore be doing less work. You know, so it's not necessarily like, you know, don't, don't like do the one-to-one -one conversion. Um, but I do think that I would like to spend more time more more focus myself on like total exercise time. Cause, uh, one thing that I think I'm going to need to do, um, for the next probably like half year or so, or maybe longer is I think I, you know, leading up to LA, uh, I did not spend any time on the bike, uh, mainly because it's winter time and I don't want to ride the bike in cold temperatures. Um, but I think that I'm going to probably spend a day or two on the bike cross training. And so like my mileage overall will go down, but I'm going to try to keep up my overall moving time to the same spot, you know? So, um, there are ways to kind of like equate things a little bit, but, um, it's not exactly the same as running more mileage if you're slowing down. Um, but you are, you are not necessarily doing less if that makes sense. Hopefully I've said that correctly. And hopefully that makes sense. Viklam says, do you know how many calories you eat in a day? I don't know. I think it depends on the day. I think that if I were to, oh, I'm not going to guess a number, but if I were to evaluate my own eating, I would say that uh, one is that I'm not consistent enough and the amount of calories I eat in a day, because I feel like some days are a lot and some days are very little. Um, and I think the other thing that I would, I think probably three things I could probably overall generalize about my current diet. The second thing is, is I don't tend to um, eat well enough before my hard workouts. So like, you know, I like to do workouts on Wednesday, Sunday, or sometimes Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Those nights before, I should be making sure, or those days before, I should be making sure I'm fueling properly to be ready for the following day. I usually do a good job before my long run. I usually don't do a good job before my workouts. So that's something I probably also need to work on. And then the third one is, is even on the days where I'm getting enough calories, I'm probably not getting the right distribution of calories from different kinds of sources like proteins, fats, and, and sugars. Um, I think being a, like mostly vegetarian also kind of is maybe a contributing factor to that. But um, sometimes I'm, I think I'm not thoughtful enough in terms of what I'm eating, even on the days when I'm getting enough, like overall volume. So those are, so those are the three ways I'm doing it wrong, but I don't normally count calories. All right, sorry, I'm gonna scroll down to catch up to you guys. Um, yeah, Jeff Elliott says like, you know, that sounds really nice to have a family Korea trip. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm hoping for. We'll see. Um, I don't know why I'd be really nervous to go to Korea. I don't know. But if, that's why, like, if my parents went, that's really good. Steve 76 is right next to the demilitarized zone? No way. I don't stay far away from that place. Um, I just think that weird things happen there all the time. And uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not that interested in like that kind of thing. Um, but I would love to be able to imagine like a Kofuzi Run Club in Korea. That'd be wild. Uh, I can't even imagine. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to run the Seoul Marathon. I just don't know that I will get, will get to in my lifetime. And then there's always a part of me that's like, there is, that, that, there's a little nugget of knowledge in the back of my brain that knows that there is a uh, Pyongyang marathon. There's a marathon in North Korea that like foreigners can go to. Like there are, it's not all like North Koreans that run the North Korea marathon. And I'm like, could I go to that? Do I want to go to that? Would that be violating US laws if I went to that? Like, I don't, I don't know. So, yeah. Adam Fear says, why are they called half tights instead of Lycra shorts? Well, Lycra is a trade name, so they might they might not have Lycra in them. So I think that's kind of one thing. I think Lycra is a trade name. That's not the material name, is it? Spandex is a trade name. I thought Lycra is a trade name. Or like a trademark, you know? Um, 
right? Wait, I don't even know. I don't know which one is the name of the material and which is the name of a, a brand name of a product. Um, but I think that's why they're not called that. And I, other thing is, I just think that like, I remember growing up in the 90s, there was a very strong like uh, negative sentiment towards like bike shorts um, and like Lycra shorts and everything in that. It took a long time even for like just compression shorts. Like Under Armour was a sell because it was like, everyone was like, aren't those just bike shorts? You know? So like everyone was kind of like, what? I remember that in like, at least in New Jersey where I grew up. Um, so maybe that's why they're just called half tights. Or maybe it's because like runners like came to it not from a cycling perspective, like where like the half, like the Lycra shorts were big. But we came to it from full tights and then the bike short length ones were called half tights. I don't know. Yeah. And Mason says, have you tried the John D's half tights? I don't know if they have a new, they sent me a pair to try last year um, that have really good pockets on the side. They're a little bit too deep because um, it's hard to, you have, I feel like I'm digging really far to reach my gels sometimes. But um they're good. They're, that's what I use to run the Crater Trail 50K. So you could just stuff, like, if you want to just have gels in the pockets or in your pack, there's just, like, lots of ways to store stuff. So that's why I had, no, wait, I didn't run at the gym. No, I didn't, but I saw someone else running in them. That's right. Um, I didn't run in the half tights because I didn't need the pockets because I had a pack. Um, but, sorry, that was my, my memory rambling. But I have run quite a bit in them. Here's the only thing I don't like about them is the material that they use, the compressive material that they use, is a little bit on the warm side. I mean, I know half tights are warm generally for summer running, but these are a little bit warmer. So that's the only thing. They're good. Mark Game says, something that doesn't get said often, mostly because it's something you don't talk about, but I truly respect and appreciate that you've never gone into heavy detail about calories or weight. I, 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 mean, I try to stay away from it because I don't like, that's, I mean, that's not something that I worry about too much. Um, every once in a while, it'll come up. You know, people will be, I think what happens is when people subscribe every once in a while, like YouTube will feed them a, a, a much older video and they'll be like, oh boy, you lost a lot of weight, you know? from when I first started making videos. Um, so there's been, you know, there's been a change for sure. But, you know, I feel like uh, I really think that the perspective of in terms of diet and nutrition is, you know, it's, it's opportunities to fuel for your performance. And uh, I try to think of it that way. And, you know, I look at it as, you know, you can indulge in some of these other foods that may not be the, the most uh, advantageous for your training. But, you know, sometimes that's fun to eat and it's a nice treat to, can be a nice treat to have. And I understand that like, well, if I have a lot of these, it's going to have an impact on my training. So I think of it as kind of like, you know, how do you fuel the body in, in that kind of way? And I try not to think too much about calories. Number one, I'm too lazy. It's a lot of work. Um, and then the weight, I just feel like, you know, if I'm if I'm staying active and whatever weight I end up at is a reflection of the, you know, my body responding to the stimulus that it's getting and whether or not I'm appropriately fueling, you know. So um, if I'm not willing to change what I'm doing training-wise or eating-wise, then, like, the weight's going to be what the weight is, and that's just what it is, you know then I try not to have too much dissonance about it. Or I really try not to even think about it. But I think some, I recognize that some people would be like, it's easy for you to say. But, you know, it kind of, it, you know, it took, it didn't, running and weight loss never was like a thing for me. Like even when I was a bigger guy, not that I ever was too big a guy, but like I was heavier than I was now. I ran because I wanted to feel good. Not because I was like, and a part of me probably was like, you know, I need to trim down a little bit. But it never was like a, all right, in four weeks, I want to hit this goal. It was just kind of like, let's feel good. Let's uh, feel strong. And then the rest will take care of itself. 
Six going to North Korea says, Dennis Rodman and Kim are, are best buddies. I think that's such a strange relationship. I don't understand it. I really don't. It makes so little sense. What Sonic says, I would probably avoid the Pyongyang Marathon, especially being Americans. Yeah, I just feel like that'd be, I'm like, this has trap written all over it. You know? <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, Frank Pizzette makes a good point. Um, we call them bike shorts, but cyclists hardly ever wear the half tights. They wear bibs. That's, is that, I mean, I, I have a pair of bike shorts, um, but they're triathlon shorts. And then I do have, um, I think, I guess I bought it. I did buy a pair of bike shorts cause they have like the pad in them, but I do prefer, I do like the bib. I mean, it makes, it's just kind of like, a. it's very much like a, there's like a whole costume part to it that I just kind of like, um, and then I do like the, like just the extra, it makes just a little bit extra of like comfortable tension to it too, which I, I do like, I do like the bibs, but I have no idea. How do you guys fold them and put them away? Do you hang them? I don't know. I don't know. Like, um, for a long time, I felt like my, you know, shorts and like tight drawer was relatively organized. But once I started buying some psyching like shorts and bibs, those things are just like, it's just like a ball of fabric and padding and it just, creates like chaos in the drawer. I don't know how to store those things. All right, here we go, Adam says, he's got an REI dividend to spend. The Carbon X2s are on sale, plus another 20% off. Should I, for another, should I go for it for another long run in tempo shoe? I normally wear 10 in New Balance, A6, Saucony, et cetera. Should I get the 10 or size up? I think for the Carbon X2s, I would go with the same size. I went, I mean, I go with the same size in all those shoes. Um, I liked the fit on that one. I, I don't think that you would need to size up for the Carbon X2s. If I recall correctly, they're like, you know, a lot of those shoes that are coming out nowadays where it's like, I don't know, but this shoe seems extra long for no reason. Um, so like, I think that the 10 is like your regular size is correct. Um, I don't know. I like the Carbon X2, but I don't know how quickly you need to spend that uh, REI dividend, Adam. I think the Carbon X3 is much better. I, I like it so much more. It's like it came to the point where it'd be like, if I, you can either have like the Carbon X3 or the Carbon X2 on Mega Sale, I'd be like, I kind of, how much sale are we talking? Because I kind of would rather have the X3. So that's, I mean, I don't know if that helps you. Rain Warner says, LOL, I remember the what I eat in a day videos with a lot of kid leftover snacks. I mean, I still scavenge a lot of the kids' food. Um, I do less of it in the winter, though, because my wife pointed out that, like, you know what? You tend to get sick in the winter um, on the, you know, very, like, when right after when the kids are sick. And, and my wife doesn't usually get sick. She's like, I think it's because you're eating off their plates. So I, I do that less in the wintertime when we all kind of tend to get sick a little bit more often. That being said, like my daughter, the baby did not eat much of her macaroni and cheese last night. And I, I, I ate like a lot of macaroni and cheese last night. <laughs> uh, and then like, yeah, I just get in hungry moods. Like when I was in Florida, I just ate all the kids' food that they didn't eat. So, yeah. Um, as far as, uh, like losing weight, CB76 says Ben Johnson also had a similar before and after weight loss look. Yeah. His transformation was pretty amazing. It still boggles my mind that like he had gone like his entire life, not being a runner. Like I have a hard time believing like him and Tommy runs. Like I have a hard time believing that they like had all this like running potential, like trapped inside that they never let out until they were like full grown adults, you know, like how, like at no point did they accidentally find out that they were good at running. Like, how did you not even accidentally know you were good at running? I just don't like, it's just amazing to me. 
here I've been struggling at being average. I've been non-elite my whole life. And these guys are just like, I guess I'll try this. And all of a sudden they're like winning rank. I don't know if they win races, but they're fast guys. All right. I think that's got to be a good, I mean, that's maybe not a great place to lead it, uh, to leave it for today. Um, oh, wait, here we go. We got to read this first. Martha says, Co, you can't get a cold from eating, even using the same utensils, according to a longstanding study from the UK. It's through the nose and eyes. All due respect to your wife. I do use their same utensils, and so that's the other thing that I think about. Um, and there, there might be a study that says you can't get sick that way, but I really do feel like it's always like within a day or two after I've like really eaten a lot of their leftovers where I'm like, oh, now I feel like a scratchy throat coming on. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just I, th I think it's probably because we all get tired. I think probably because I tend to scavenge more of their food when I'm feeling more tired when I'm feeling more tired, I get more irritably hungry. And so all those things are related. But my mind remembers if I eat their food, I'll get sick as a shorthand, I guess. So maybe that's what it is. All right. Um, that's going to be it for today. Today, I know today I said I was going to do kind of like my next race video coming up, but that'll be tomorrow because now I've finalized the location and the time for the shakeout run for DC, not this Saturday, but next Saturday is going to be 9 a.m. We're going to meet at the World War II Memorial. Um, we'll do a little loop that'll kind of, uh, take us through some of like the chair mile 10 blossom course, as long as that stuff's not closed off, we'll have to see, but the route I'll post it in the Strava group. Um, it'll be a little bit less than three miles in case anyone wants to join 9am. Um, I'll post more details about that in the uh, video for tomorrow. Now that I have those finalized, I can make that video tomorrow. And then I won't see you guys again live stream wise till Monday and we'll do a Monday mukbang. I got a couple of ideas what we're going to do. I think it's going to be fun. So uh, hopefully I'll see you then. Same time as today on Monday, though. All right. In the meantime, everyone doing those Boston runs, have a good run this weekend and be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.